the theme of our camp, this is actually, um, uh, this is part five of our camp series. Uh, the theme of our camp was the word align. And this is the camp shirt. I've been wearing this for three days. Stinks, stinks. You should, uh, mate, I sweat so much this morning. Um, for those that weren't at camp, I actually ran the, the morning Zumba class this morning. And I've, people were like, you did really well until it started. <laughs> you know, it's, the, the word align means to be put, to place or arrange in a straight line. And a, an advancement of that is the word alignment, which means to an arrangement in a straight line or in correct relative positions. To be aligned is to have things in your life in order. Not chaos, but order. The opposite of the word align is this word skew, which means to have an oblique or slanting direction of position. When we are not aligned, you would use words like unbalanced, slanted, out of date, or chaotic. Now, our God is a God of order. He created order in the universe that he spoke order in the creation story that we know in Genesis 1. He spoke the sun and the moon and the stars in being, and as he spoke them, he put them in place. Specifically, he put them where he wanted them to be. Everything that God does is ordered and organized. And another way to say that is everything that God does is aligned. And we, as a part of his creation, we were to align ourselves back to our creator. Our mission, our purpose, our existence is not for ourselves, but needs to be aligned to God, our creator, or we will find ourselves misaligned. So many times when we think about organizing our lives, we think about our schedules, we think about our finances, we think about our relationships, and we know that the best is that when it is all aligned in a straight line. Now I have, I don't know, I don't know what this condition is called. I just call it being a control freak. But sometimes when I look at my schedule, it brings a smile to my face. When I look at a day's worth of meetings and tasks that are and I just have to follow that. That's the best feeling. I don't know. I know that's not for everyone because some people are more freer and that's fine. Be more liberal and that's fine. But not me. I like order. I like organization because it, it gives me peace. And the funny thing is, if alignment is so important in our physical lives and in our relational lives and even in our mental health, in the same way, alignment must be important in our spiritual lives. Most of the time, if not all the time, spiritual alignment gets overlooked. 
right? We use the example, we, we were talking about cars and how every car, every time you get new tires, you don't just put on new tires, but you have to align the wheels, meaning you have to put all four wheels back in line and there's a process to do that. So every time you, you bump something with your tire, it goes out of alignment. And if you just let it be, then it will do damage to your car and ultimately you'll stuff your car up. So what do you do? You go to the mechanic, you go to the tire place and you ask him for alignment. You ask him, hey, can you make sure everything's back where it's organized and meant to be? In the same way, in the same way, if we're not taking care of our spiritual alignment, meaning our straight line with God, as we live our lives and go through the bumps and the bruises of what life offers us, you will not last. You will not last if you do not look after your alignment, your spiritual alignment. Now, there are three, there are many ways, but there are three ways to tell if you are out of spiritual alignment. So, for example, if you're driving your car, how do you know that your wheels are not aligned? These days, technology will tell you, doot, 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 your wheels are not aligned. Fantastic, right? But back in the day before electric and, and all these sensors and whatnot, how did you know that your wheels were not in alignment? You were driving and suddenly it would just go, Hoo. right? You'd suddenly hit a bump and you'd just go, Hoo. And then you go, wait a minute, something's wrong with my tires. Therefore, you went and you would go and check it up. Now, let me share three things, three areas where I think that we can find that we're out of spiritual alignment. If you're experiencing any one of these three things, then most likely you are experiencing spiritual misalignment. And the first one is this, bitterness. Bitterness is defined as anger and disappointed. Uh, disappointment at being treated unfairly. When we are wronged or when things don't go our way, we have a choice. You have a choice. And that's to deal with it, let it go, or hold on to it and let bitterness settle in. When we are spiritually aligned, we know that we don't need to be bitter even though things happen to us in our life, because we are aligned with God who is a fair judge and that no matter how bad things get, that God will take care of us. See, if you're spiritually aligned with God, if you're in line, if you're organized and you're in tune with God, then when something happens to you and it does happen to you, that's what life is, right? When something happens to you, you're okay with that because you have God and you know that God is there to look after you. We trust God, not ourselves. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7 reads this. Be anxious for nothing. Be cool. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. When we are spiritually in alignment, when we are spiritually in alignment, 
When life goes funny, or when something happens to us and we feel disappointment, instead of brewing and letting that affect us, we're quick to give it to God. But when we're not in alignment, when we're not in spiritual alignment, then when something happens to us, we will find ourselves bitter and we will find ourselves in dark places. Now, what's interesting about bitterness is that psychologists link bitterness with feelings of depression and other health issues such as heart problems and a weakened immune system. It's not just mental illness on its own. It's not just feelings, but it's all interconnected. We need to understand that spiritual and physical realms are interlinked. And so when one is out of alignment, then usually it will affect the other one as well. So that's the first symptom of alignment. Bitterness. Secondly, self-centeredness. Another area that may show that you are out of alignment is the way you view the world and God and self. Spiritual alignment will show us that the world and all things in it belong to God and that He is the center of the universe. But if that is not the case, if God is not the center of the universe, but you are, then this is a clear indication that you are out of alignment. So quickly we can fall into the trap of thinking that we are the center of the universe and that everything rotates around us. But this is an odd way to view the world. The Bible tells us that this is not the case. Psalm 24.1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell in it. That's what our worldview should be. Our worldview, our worldview should have God in the center and everything else that exists is in relation to God. But the problem is, that's spiritual alignment with God. But the problem is when we are misaligned, then God is not in the center. We are in the center. Or money is in the center. Or idols are in the center. But it's definitely not God. Self-centeredness is a symptom of pride, which is a lack of trust in God's control that prompts you to trust in your own abilities. Ironically, this idea of being in control and being the center of your universe is actually one of the most stressful ways that you can live your life. Do you know you and I are horrible gods to worship? You and I are horrible gods to submit underneath. When we try to be in control and when we are stuck with the idea that I, it's all about me, that leads to so much stress. It said, you are a bad God to align to. You're deceitful. Your heart changes its mind all the time. You're unhappy. You're immature and you're selfish. 
Spiritual alignment puts God where he should be in the middle of our universe. But if you're dealing with self-centeredness, then maybe you're not in alignment. Finally, fear. These symptoms of being spiritually misaligned. Fear. When we have fears in our lives, not scared, not like, ooh, you know, something pop out, right? But when we have genuine fears in our lives for certain things, you've got to ask yourself, why is that? Bottom line is, we don't trust that God is in control. Now, you can't control everything. You can't control the things in our lives, but what we can control is how we respond to that. How we respond to fear is a choice. And when we are spiritually aligned, then the choice that we make is to go to God. Why? Because God is the giver of perfect peace. The soft voice of the Holy Spirit allows us to be gently reminded that God is with us and that in every situation, He is fighting for us. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1 to 3. But now thus says the Lord, who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned. Nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. But friends, when we are not seeking the peace of God in our lives, that is usually going to be replaced by self-centeredness, paranoia, and defeat. As much as fear is a spiritual and psychological issue, it can also have devastating physical consequences as well. Three major areas that we can use to assess whether we are spiritually in alignment with God or not. And at camp, we looked over the three big areas of our lives to look at I guess, if we're in alignment with God or not. And we used, um, what do we say? We said identity, character, and purpose. Who are you? What are you made of? What's the purpose of your life? And it was a great camp. And we spent the whole time just going, asking these questions. Am I aligned to God? Am I following God? Am I following the ways of this world? In, in who I am, is my identity defined by God or is it defined by the world or, or worse, by me? My character, am I following God or am I following the world? My purpose, do I live for what God wants me to do or do I live for what I want to do? And we looked at these areas of, of alignment and there were these amazing decisions that were made and, and people were you know, just encouraged to live a life that was spiritually aligned with God. But what happens after camp? See, the reality is this can happen a lot. If you've been to multiple camps or you go to church regularly, you know, we usually come and we spend time working out these areas that have gotten out of alignment and we go, yeah, you know what? I'm going to do this again. I'm going to do this properly. I'm going to be aligned. 
But give it a few days, give it a few weeks, give it a few months, you're like, it's as if those decisions never happened. Suddenly we find ourselves once again out of alignment. And that can lead to frustration. It can lead to the, to the, the, the feelings of failure, defeat, and for some people, just, I can't, be, I can't do this anymore. So tonight, as we conclude, I want to finish with three practical ways that we can manage our lives and manage to continue to align our lives spiritually with God. The first one is this. As I said, this is, a, this is talk five of our camp, so hopefully we'll wrap it up nicely. The first one is this. Accept the tension. Don't get frustrated and angry that you keep getting yourself out of alignment with God. It's like our cars. See, the, what we want, right? What we want with wheel alignment is that we get new wheels, we put them on, they're aligned, and we never have to worry about it again. They just stay in alignment for the rest of their existence. That's what we want. And that's what we want with our faith too. We want to make decisions and go, God, I choose you. God, I'm going to follow you. God, I'm going to obey you. And once you've made that decision, I'm never going to sway. I'm never going to jump off the path. And it's just going to be one direction. But the reality is this. You and I are not perfect. And the world we live in is broken. Yes, God saved us from our sin through his son Jesus, but we are still living in a broken world and you and I are a part of that brokenness. Some people think that once you become a Christian, you stop sinning. And yes, that's true. When you become a Christian, one day you will stop sinning, but that's also the day that you stop breathing if you know what I mean. Yes, there will be a day. There will be a day where we will be like our Heavenly Father, holy and perfect. But the reality is, it will never happen on this side of eternity. We need to accept the fact that it's a tension. It's a tension. Accept the fact that there are days where you're going to get this right and there are days when you're going to get this wrong. So I think we, in the church, we've got some funny ideas. It's like once you become a Christian, like everything has to just be perfect. And when you become a Christian, you realize that's not possible. It's not real. But we need to accept that there is this tension that exists in our faith. That yes, God is holy, but the world is broken and we're stuck in the middle of it. Friends, when Jesus died on the cross, and when he died on the cross for your sin, he didn't die on the cross just for every one of your good days where you stayed in alignment. But actually, Jesus also died for the days where you fail and where you get yourself out of alignment 
And that's the point. We need to learn. We need to learn to not just accept the grace of Jesus for when we are good, but we also need to learn to be gracious to ourselves because Jesus accepts us even at our worst. So first thing is this, we need to accept the tension that we live in. Secondly, how do we stay in spiritual alignment? Check up regularly. If you say that faith and your relationship with God is important, why would you not check up regularly? Think about things in your life that are important. Your bank account. For most of us, our bank account is pretty important, right? How often do you check your bank account? For the majority of us, we'd be checking it every day, if not multiple times a day. Sometimes I check my bank account just in case someone made a mistake and then put like a million bucks in there. It's never happened, obviously, but you know, who knows, right? Why? Because it's important. What about your health? You know, they say you should get blood tests at least once a year, right? I avoided my blood test last year and I had to bite the bullet. And I just want to ask you as a church to pray for me because I need to lose weight. <laughs> like I really need to lose weight this time. If it's important, you get it checked up. What about your car? As soon as you see that engine light on, you're not just going to leave it, right? You make the time and you go get your car checked up. So if your car, your, your, your health and your finances are important to you and you get them regularly checked up and you're going to tell me that your faith is important, why would you not get it regularly checked up? Why is it that our faith doesn't get that kind of attention? Well, I think it's because it's something that we can't see. And it's also because we get distracted. For some of us, we don't even know what a spiritual checkup looks like. You know, we get busy in our day-to-day lives. And even if we think, right, even if you go, oh, you know, this area of my faith, you know, this area of my church life is a little bit funny, oh, you know, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it later. And, and, and you just kind of leave it. And you just kind of leave it. And you kind of leave it. But if we go back to the car example, if there's an engine light on and you leave it and you leave it and you leave it, what's going to happen? Something's going to explode. Something's going to break down. It's going to be a problem that you can't fix by yourself. And that's exactly the same with our faith. If suddenly, right? And I'll just use this as an example. If suddenly you're struggling to pray, and people tell me this, Steve, I, I used to be able to pray so easily and I, I just can't pray. Every time I sit there and I close my eyes, I'm like, dear Heavenly Father, and I asked him, I said, when are you trying to pray? At 2 a.m.? <laughs> Why don't you try praying at 2 p.m.? Right? If, if things come up in your faith that you find that are unusually difficult, right? Don't let it go, but go get it checked up. What does it mean to get it checked up? You can do this through a few ways. Firstly, it's to give it time. To set aside some time in your calendar to sit there and think about what's going on. Can I tell you, more people in our faith 
do this less. To actually sit and think. We've become a culture of move and do. We think that that's how we spiritually stay healthy. We just do more. We just do more. Just go to church more. Pray more. Read more Bible. Go and serve more. And do and do and do and do. But can I tell you, that's not how you get yourself back aligned. Right? That's like saying, oh, my wheels are out of alignment. Let's just drive the car more. And then hopefully it will just bounce its way back into alignment. It's not going to happen. We need to learn to invest some time to think and mull and to pray. What is going on? Why, why is this difficult? For some people, you journal. That's how you think about things. That's how you process your thought. For some people, you can't do this by yourself. You need to go and see someone. For some of you, you need to go and speak to your small group leader. So for some of you, you need to come and speak to one of your pastors. For some of you, it's so complicated, you actually need to go see a Christian counsellor or even a Christian psychologist slash psychiatrist, depending on how big the issues are. For me personally, I'm a combination of these things. In my marriage, not only do we talk about our marriage and our family, but my wife is one of the greatest sounding boards that I have. So if I feel a little bit funny, and and, and, uh, an example would be, I go to church, I preach, I just go through a normal Sunday, but there's something weird in my heart. Something just didn't feel right about today's service. What I will do is I will go home and I will sit down with my wife and I'll say, hey, something was a bit off today. That's me taking a moment to check up. Now, she might know the answer. She might not know the answer. She might just be able to help me process that answer. And I might need to go and talk to someone else. But it's me investing time to check up regularly. Another thing that I do is I have great mentors. I have great mentors all over the world. And if I need to, I will reach out to those mentors. Trust me, a lot of the big decisions that have been made in this church over the last seven years is not my decision by myself. It has gone through multiple consultation, multiple mentors, multiple people. This is me making sure that decisions that are made in the church aren't just because I'm in the center of the universe, but because God is in the center of the universe. And sometimes, and you know what, I can clearly, I, I can honestly, hand on heart, share this with you. There are some decisions that I make and I go to my mentors and they will tell me, you are so selfish. That's a Steve Char decision, not a kingdom decision. That's a decision that you're making to be more comfortable for yourself and not for the advancement of the kingdom. And I'm so grateful to the men and women in my life that can speak that into me. And that's me getting checked up regularly. That's how we make sure that we're staying in alignment and we're staying on the path. Now, as I said, for some of you, you need people to help you process. But for some of you, you just need to sit and think, sit and write, sit and reflect. And whatever it is, whatever works for you, the most important thing is you need to get checked up regularly, regular basis. 
Thirdly, oh sorry, before that, Psalm 139, 23. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This is how David checked up his soul before the Lord. He would ask God in his prayer, God, you look into my heart and you tell me if this is about me or if this is about you. And that's what we need to learn to do. So we need to get checked up regularly. We need to accept the tension that we live in. But finally, how do we stay spiritually aligned? You need to chase the larger magnet. One of the biggest mistakes that we make about alignment is that we focus too much on what is not in alignment. Sometimes we focus way too much on what the problem is rather than what we should be aligning ourselves to. Now, I've used this example before, but I think it's a really solid example. And it's the example of magnets. Okay, You all know what magnets are, right? Magnets, they attract each other or they push away from each other depending on, you know, the positives and negatives. Anyway, it's on the screen. This is me. That's me in the middle. And I'm a magnet, right? And the world is next to me. And the world is a bigger magnet than me. So therefore, right, using the theory of magnets, of push and pull, I am being drawn to the world, right? That's how, that's our reality, Right, that's me, and I'm trying to, um, you know, and and even if I'm trying to be spiritually aligned, I'm trying to be good with God, and so I'm trying to turn away from sin. But so many times, I just get sucked into the world. Why? Because the brokenness of the world is actually quite an attractive and powerful magnet. Right. The problem is. Our nature is sinful, and so we are attracted to the ways of the world. And as much as we try to pull away from the world and pull away from the world, the force of the world, the power of the magnet of the world will continue to draw us closer and closer to the world. It happens once, it happens twice, it happens third time, and by then, we don't, even, we don't even try anymore. We just think this is the way life but must be. But, and, and so we, we try to do everything to get away from this magnet. We try to do everything to get away from the world and the sin of the world, but we can't. We are frustrated. We get, we get angry. And I said, most of us get too discouraged and we give up. But what's the secret then? The secret is to understand that there is another magnet and this is the magnet of God. Now, Bible tells us that God is more powerful than the world. That God has actually defeated the evil one of the world. The secret to beating this is to find a larger magnet, one that is more powerful than sin and powerful than the powers of this world. And luckily for for us, that's the magnet of God. See, if we look at this diagram, so many times we're so focused about running away from the world and it just doesn't work. But when we realize that actually God is a more powerful being, 
than the world, then what we need to do is understand and identify God in our lives. And instead of trying to run away from the world, actually, we just need to try and run towards God. So instead of focusing on getting rid of the bad things or the spiritual misalignment in our lives, we actually have to try to move towards spiritual alignment and want God more. We need to make God bigger in our lives. We need to make God greater in our lives. And as God becomes bigger in your life, He will attract you. He will draw you closer to Him. And as you are drawn closer to Him, you will naturally move away from the ways of the world. That's why the greatest commandment in the whole Scripture given to us by Jesus as a summary of all the commandments is not don't sin, don't do bad things, don't be a part of the world. No, the greatest commandment that Jesus gives to us from Mark 12 says this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater command than this. It wasn't to run away from the world. It wasn't to try your best to be less sinful. But the greatest commandment and the the secret to spiritual alignment with God is to make God as big as you can in your life. And naturally, as God becomes bigger, as God becomes more important, as God becomes greater in your life, you will naturally be drawn to Him. Naturally, we will become aligned to God. Because the bottom line is, you will align yourself to the greater magnet. If the ways of this world are greater than who God is in your life, then naturally that's where you're going to go. I get so, it's, it's hilarious. I find it hilarious when people are like, I find it so hard to pray. I find it so hard to go to God. I find it so hard to obey Him. And I say, how much time do you spend with God? I'll go to church for an hour a week. Do you pray? Not really. Do you read the Bible? Not really. How many hours are you playing the pokies every day? Oh. Oh. You know, it's like it doesn't make sense why you're trying to be aligned to this little, little, little magnet when you've got this huge magnet of the world right next to you. You're trying to run away from this big magnet. It doesn't work like that. For us to align ourselves with God, we've got to make God greater. Meaning the way you think about God, the way you pray, the way you read God in Scripture, how you trust Him, how you rely on Him. 
And all these little decisions continue to grow the size of God, continue to grow the magnitude of God, and you will get to a day, you will get to a day, God promises you will get to a day when God is so big and the power of God, is the magnetic force of God is so great that you have no choice but to run towards God and the world won't even come close. But we live in a world where there is that tension. But the goal is not to run away from the world. The the goal is to run to God. Friends, we need to accept that there's tension in the world we live in. Friends, we need to get checked up regularly. And finally, we need to make God greater in our lives. See, here's the beauty about when we make God greater. We don't actually have to do anything but that. And the force of God will pull us towards him and we will be aligned with him. It's God who will do the work if you will allow him to be greater in your life. See, that's... That's a, that's a mistake that a lot of Christians make. We, we want to try to be more holy and we want to try to live better lives and we want to sin less. And it's like, no, just make God as big as you can and God will pull you naturally towards him. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, and we read this last week and I read it again. Trust in the Lord. Not trust in the world, but trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. He will make your path straight. You know how good that is? Takes the burden of you trying to live a holy and righteous life. No, just make God big and he will draw you. Friends, I pray. I pray that you will live a life that is spiritually aligned to health, spiritually aligned in your identity, in your your character, in your purpose, that you would be aligned with God. I pray that you will do this by making him great and greater in your life once again. Let's pray.